going to be in uh, John chapter 11, verse number 38. And uh, if you're there, say amen. If you're not, it's on the screen and you can read along. But in John chapter 11, verse number 38, then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid against it. And Jesus, take away, Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who were dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they take away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. You have heard me. And I know that, that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believeth that you sent me. And now whenever he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died come bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, them, Loose him and let him go. If you would, just for a few moments, I want to preach on just a little thought that the Lord gave me, alive but not loose. Alive but not loose. If you would, let's bow our heads. And stretch your hands toward heaven and pray with me and for me. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today and we praise you. God, we thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to be able to come into your house, Lord, and to praise you, Lord. God, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would take me, that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord. God, that you would speak each and every word, Lord, that you would just ordain it through heaven, Lord, that you would preach through me this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you open our ears, Lord, open our hearts, Lord. And God, I pray today, Lord, that we would leave change more now than we ever have before, Lord. God, I pray that you would lose somebody today, Lord, and set them free, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just set somebody's destiny in line, Lord. And God, I believe that you're going to do only like you can do, Lord. And God, that you're going to show up and show out in this place, Lord. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would breathe life back into your people, Lord. God, that you would breathe life back in the church, Lord. And God, that you would give us more of a hunger, more of a passion, more now than ever, Lord, to be the people that you've called us to be, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. If you would, you can be seated. But now, as I was preparing for this message, and, and I would never, because Pastor Sean told me a, a few weeks before that, that I need to be preparing for this, but how many knows that sometimes whenever you're a preacher, you'll get a lot of thoughts, but you'll get a lot of nothings. And, uh, but now, whenever I got on vacation, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know what? I, I, the Lord started dealing with me about Lazarus just a little bit. And I've got a, a little six-year-old girl that has to have 10 hours of pool time, I believe, a day. And she demands a whole lot of my attention and stuff like that. So I had to start getting up about 6 in the morning. And uh, But listen, I believe that the Lord's going to speak to us this morning. But as I was started uh, studying about Lazarus, I, I love the story about Lazarus a lot. And uh, whenever I started uh, studying about Lazarus, it reminds me that, you know what, sometimes it's not over until God says it's over. So many times we want to put uh, uh, limits on God. We, we think that only God can do so many things, so, that God can only go so far for each and every one of us. We want to think more that, that, John, that God can do it for somebody else, but he can't do it for us. We always want to think that God can do great and mighty things through somebody else, but why doesn't he ever do it for us? We always think that, you know what, he's going to show up and he's going to do it for them, but he never can show up and do it for us or for me. 
You see, but I, I know that it's not over until God says it's over. You see, it reminds me that with God, anything is possible. I, I know that whenever I, I listen to people, and I remember when me and Darla first got married, and we hadn't been married a month, we were building a house, and, and, and she woke up one morning, and her, she was paralyzed from the waist down. She had Gillian Beret. We had no clue what that was. But I know that, you know what, it, it seemed like that, that it was impossible with me, but you know what, it was possible with God that God could heal her. And I, I sat there and I heard of other testimonies in the church about how God's still moving. You see, it reminds me that anything is possible. We just need to take the limits off God. We think, you know what, it doesn't matter how big it is, it doesn't matter how small it is, it's always going to be possible with God. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It is always possible with God. You see, it reminds us that, you know what, God can work whenever we can see Him and He can work whenever we can't see Him. You see, it doesn't matter to me how I'm going to get my miracle. It doesn't matter to me how my family's going to get saved. It doesn't matter how God's going to deliver me out of my next circumstance. I don't care if He does it in broad daylight or I don't care if He does it when nobody's watching. All I care about is you know what? He's going to do it. You see, Lazarus reminds me that with man's impossibilities, it's always possible with God. It's always his opportunity. You see, well, I believe God's looking for his next opportunity. God's just waiting for you and I to release it so he can move upon that situation. I believe that we sometimes we, we try to do certain things and we tie the hands of God because we won't let him have it full-heartedly. But you know what? I believe with our impossibilities, it's just another possibility with God. You see, I believe that it, it, it shows us that, you know what? He can take dead things in our lives and He can speak life back into them. I believe that, that He can speak life back into our, our relationships. I believe that He can speak life back into our endless impossibilities. I believe that He can speak life back into the dead things in our lives that were once living, that was once alive, but yet they slowly have died. You see, I don't know about you, but sometimes I start to think that the one thing that stinks the most is whenever you see stagnant water. It doesn't take long, and I believe that, that that's the way that the enemy wants to get us. He wants us to slow down. He wants us to stop just a little bit. He wants us to become stagnant so we, become, so we can begin to stink just a little bit. But you know what? I, I believe that all we're needing, it doesn't matter what we're facing right now. It doesn't matter the circumstances that we're going through. All we need to know is that it just takes one word from the Master. All we need to know that it just takes one word from the master. And I'm going to tell you what, he can take your circumstance and he can turn it around. All they can do, one word can bring you out of your situation this morning. Listen, you may have come in broke, busted, and disgusted, but I'm going to tell you something. It just takes one word. All it takes is just one word out of the master's mouth, and I'm going to tell you, he can take what's going on in your life and he can turn it around. All it takes is one word to give you new life. All it takes is just one word to open the blinded eyes. All it takes is just one word to change your situation that everybody says that it's over, that he'll never make it, but God says, I can turn it completely around. Amen, God can turn your situation around. It doesn't matter what you're facing this morning, but he can turn it around. You see, we, we read in this story about in the Bible about Lazarus and, and we get to looking about him and the Bible said that he was sick and then he, then he died. And they sent word to Jesus and he waited two days to come to their rescue or, or to come. Why? I don't really know. But you know what? I read of a whole lot of other situations in the Bible that had it a whole lot worse. 
I start reading about the woman that laid there with the issue of blood for 12 years. But you know what? She, she, she was in that circumstance, but she knew that whenever he was in, the, whenever he was in the, her presence, that she couldn't go let anything get in her way until she grabbed a hold of him. You see, she, they just waited two days. She waited 12 years. What about the man that laid by the pool of Bethesda? You see, all he was waiting for was for them, the angels to come down and trouble the water a little bit. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus comes on the scene, there's power that starts to happen. Amen? Listen, you may not be able to put yourself in, but I'm going to tell you something. All you got to do is get into his presence, and there's power whenever you get into his presence, and the Lord can move and change your situation this morning. You see, I don't know what happened. I don't know why he waited around. I don't know why he tarried so long. But all I know is whenever he showed up, there was power that took place. You see, whenever he showed up, that was the same power that heals a headache. It's the same power that will can drive out cancer this morning. You see, whenever he showed up, it's the same power that can heal a pull muscle, a man that can drive out the demons this morning. You see, it was the same power that created the world. It's the same power that can save your marriage this morning. You see, it's the same power that was right there that created the lights that delivered you from drugs and alcohol or your, any kind of addiction that you face this morning. Hey, man, I don't know about you, but there's power whenever he comes on the scene. It doesn't matter how long he waits. It doesn't matter when he gets there. All you got to do is hold on and know that he's on the way. Amen? Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not a time to give up. It's not a time to slow down. It's a time that we get a hold of the horns of the altar and say, God, I'm believing that you're going to show up and I'm believing that you're going to do exactly what you said that you were going to do. Amen? Hey, man, somebody give him a hand in the house right now. Hey, man, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it's one day or if it's two days or if it's 12 years. Just know when he shows up that it's time. Amen? Hey man, no matter what, what the doctor says, it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter if you're on death's doorstep. Whenever he shows up, hey amen, that's when things are going to change. And I believe that there's people, you may be here in this building today, and you may come in and say, you know what, Dwight, I, I, I've went too far. You know, I, I've failed God too many times. I've done so many things that, you know what, I, I feel guilty. I, I can't even get into his presence because, you know what, I feel shameful. I feel like I, I, I've, I've betrayed him so many times. But you know what, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter the circumstance that you're dealing with right now. There's nothing that's too hard for your God. Amen, he doesn't care. It's a matter of what we're going to do right now. You may have come into this place and say, you know what, Dwight, I've got a lost loved one. I've got a husband, a wife. I've got things that, that, you know what, I don't believe God can ever move upon them. But I believe God's saying, you know what, don't give up. Don't quit praying. Hey, man, because I'm going to tell you something. Your next praise could be right on the other side of your next praise could be your miracle. I truly believe that. I believe that there's somebody in this place right now. You need God to move on a circumstance right now. I'm going to tell you something. You praise your way and through your miracle, and I'm going to tell you God's going to do something awesome. Hey, man, I truly believe that. But whenever I started reading in John chapter 11, verse number 39, and it said, Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time, he stinks, for he hath been dead for four days. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I know this, but 
it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that in southeastern Kentucky, which if you don't like the weather, give it five minutes and it'll change. Amen? Good. I'm glad we're... But as, as I was getting out of the car yesterday after we got out of, uh, come back from Myrtle Beach, I got to southeastern Kentucky and I'm like, man, it's blistering hot here. Yeah, I didn't need to go to the beach to get heat. I mean, it's right here. But there's one thing that, that I know that whenever you kill something or you see something dead on the side of the road that you can go by it just a few days later and you can start to see there's a whole lot of stuff going on with it. Amen? You can go by and it doesn't take you long to, if you're Darla, you're like this, you're hitting that little air button and you're, so you don't let nothing from the outside come in your, your vents because you're like, oh, that's disgusting. And, and I truly believe that, that that's what was going on right now with, with Lazarus is, is he was to the point where he started to stink. And, and you know, the, the thing about it is, is any time that it, it doesn't take long in this type of weather when it's 90 plus degrees, it just takes a few days that you can smell an odor. And, and you can go by it one day and it, it looks like, no, no, I mean, I don't mean to be sick, but it swells up and then you go by it a few days later and you see the birds and you see other things that's eating its carcass and all that, but it smells hideous. You go out John's farm and he's got a skunk out there and you'll smell that too. But it doesn't take long in, in the climate that we live in right now or even in, in those days, the climate, to know that, you know what, he's starting to stink because he's dead. Martha, she, she was the only one that was really being truthful right here. She, she was come up to the master. She said, you know what? She said, he stinks by now. And I truly believe that in our, today, in, in our church society today that we have a whole lot of stinking Christians. I believe that we have a whole lot of people that we can come in and, and we can lift hands and, and we can praise God and we have stink in our souls just a little bit, in our situations. I believe that, that we come in and, and we're smelling just a little too much. And, and we come in and, and we act like we've got everything together, but yet all you got to do is get on somebody's Facebook or social media and you'll start to realize, listen, they're starting to post all of their stink on Facebook. You see, it doesn't take long to realize that, you know what, we don't have it all together. We just think that we got it all together when we come to church. But it started to stink. In Exodus, the Bible talked about how whenever they turned the river into blood and the fish died and the Bible said the river stank. In chapter 8, whenever the Bible said that when the frogs died, that they gathered them up in heaps and the land stank. Now, I truly believe in our society today, in, in corporate America, I believe that we're living in a land today where we're starting to smell the effects where the church isn't being what God's called them to be more now than ever. I believe, listen, I believe not only is our society starting to stink, but I believe that it's starting to roll over inside of our churches today. Hey, maybe we want to know why we don't feel the Holy Ghost the way we used to. It's because we don't allow God to move like we used to. We want to know why God can't do certain things like we think He should do. It's because we don't allow God to do what He used to do. You see, Martha said, there's no sense of going any further because 
You're getting ready to open up a mess. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus wants to get up into your mess this morning. I don't know about you. You may have come in right now and you may be stinking just a little bit, but I'm going to tell you, he wants to get right in the middle of your mess this morning and he wants to do something in you that only he can do. You see, you can look for Dr. Phil or you can look for a pill. You can look for a bottle. You can do all kinds of things, but it only takes Jesus. Just one touch of the master and I'm going to tell you, he can deliver any situation. I wish somebody help me just a little bit right now because I'm going to tell you God wants to move amen amen it's time that we say you know what I don't care what I smell like all I know is if I can get into his presence that he can take care of any situation that I'm dealing with it doesn't matter the funk that I've been through it doesn't matter the hurt that I've went through I just need to get into his presence stinketh is an odor that comes from a decaying body Amen, I believe that this morning that there's people that, listen, you've been dead in your spirit longer than any four days. I believe that sometimes that there's people that come in our churches and you're the loneliest person that's sitting in these four walls with a house full of people. We've allowed the adversary to come in and, and take away and rob us of, of, of God's blessing. God wants to bless so many times in our churches, but yet we've let him come in and we've let him put stink in our attitudes just a little bit. We have too many stinking thinkings. We have too many stinking attitudes. We have too many stinking thoughts. We have so many things that's going on that's stinking up our spirituality that we can't get into his presence. You see, I truly believe, and I've said this for years, that the church, we can have church without, with or without God. We can have church with or without. Listen, if Hollywood ever run out of actors or actresses, all they would have to do is come to the Pentecostal church and they could find them all day long because we know how to have church with or without Him. Amen. In verse number 39, it said this. It said, he, he told, Jesus told him, He said, I want you to, Take away the stone. You see, Lazarus was not only dead, but they had already buried him. You see, they, they had already put closure on the tomb. They had already took the stone and they had rolled it away. They had put it in front of the tomb entrance. And they said, you know what? It's over. There's no need because we don't want the stink to come out, so we want to cover it up just a little bit. It's kind of like that one room that you got at your house when somebody's coming over and you throw everything in there. And Darla's like, Dwight, hurry up. Put it in that room. And I'm grabbing it. And I'm, and I'm shutting the door and I'm kicking the cat in there and all this stuff. Because, and, and you, you want your house to look real good? You know what I'm talking about, Lincoln? Uh, but but you, 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 want, you want everything to look good, and then you're like, oh, yeah, you can check out the house. Don't go in that room. You see, that, that's the way that, that we church people do things. You see, we, we, we sit there and we say, you know what? I, I believe, God, that you're going to do all kinds of things. But some of us, we, we put our, our joy in the tomb. And we've rolled that tomb, we've rolled that stone in front of that tomb because our joy has stunk for so long. You want to know why we don't have peace? It's because we've rolled the tomb. We've rolled that, that stone in front of the tomb. You want to know why you don't have the Holy Ghost anymore? Because we've rolled the stone in front of the tomb. You want to know why you don't have your victory? You want to know why you don't have peace? You want to know why your family seems like everything's crazy right now? It's because we have took our stink 
and we've rolled a big stone in front of it. Hey, man, my kids are crazy. Everything's going on. Listen, it, it doesn't, we, all we did is take our stink and we've rolled a big stone in front of it. You see, the stone represents closure or it's over. You see, I want you to notice this right here. Jesus never put the stone in front of the tomb. You put the stone in front of your tomb. We've not allowed him to get into the darkest parts of our hearts to be able to help us. We've not allowed him into the parts of the tomb where nobody else could ever get to because it stinks so bad. It's just like that room. You can look anywhere else, but just don't go in there. And that's what we've allowed Jesus to do. You see, it doesn't matter if if we put closure on our joy or our peace or our praise or our marriage or our hopelessness or our discouragement. You see, God never put it there. And the only way that it can be removed or the only way that you can receive the miracle that God has for us is if you remove the stone that's in front of the tomb this morning. Amen. You know why you've not experienced the move to God the way that you want to experience Him or the way that you used to? You have to remove the stone out in front of your tomb this morning. At one point after, after calling for Jesus for two days and, and the Bible said that it was over and, and they had buried Lazarus and they rolled the tomb, the stone in front of the tomb. Then they went on and, and Mary and Martha, listen, they were mad. They were upset. They were tore up. They were disappointed. They, they were absolutely, they were in pain. And I could understand that. The one person that they could count on, why did he wait? I have no idea. But you know what they went on to say? They said, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. They loved Jesus so much. You see, this is the same Mary that, that saved up all this money and bought this precious oil and she broke it at his feet and she wiped her, her tears with his and her hair. And, and listen, she worshipped at his feet. You can read throughout the Bible, Mary was always at the feet of Jesus. You can read about Martha, how she was wholeheartedly sold out to Christ, but yet when we needed him the most, he didn't show up. So they had all kinds of pain. They had all kinds of, of disappointment that was on the inside of them. You see, they had buried their brother, but yet they wrote a stone in front of their pain and their discouragement. That's why we can't worship the way that we want to worship is because we've wrote a stone in front of our praise. We say, you know what, do I, why, why don't we shout like we used to? It's because we've wrote that stone in front of it. Why can't we, I, I remember back in the day. Listen, we don't have to remember back in the day. We can still live in today. Amen. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I, I believe that. You see, Martha loved him wholeheartedly. And, and, and she wouldn't have, have done anything for him. But you see, they, they had the stone on the grave, which meant closure, and it was over. But for them, they still had a lot of pain. You might be like that this morning. You may be hurt. You may be in a bad place right now. You may be in a place where you've rolled a stone and, and you can function, you can, you can get around, you know how to, to have church, you know how to do all kinds of things, but you say, you know what, I'm never going to trust he or she again. I'm never going to trust 
somebody else. And I'm never going to give my heart to somebody. I'm never going to get married again. I'm never going to trust somebody in a relationship again. I'm never going to trust the church again. I'm never going to trust that pastor again. I'm never going to trust another Christian. But I'm going to tell you something. It only takes one word from the master. So you've wrote a big stone to block out your mess this morning, to block out the memory. Listen, you, you may have had a bad past. You may have had a bad home life. You know what, but I, I'm going to tell you something. If God would have called Lazarus forth and, and they would have never removed the stone, he would have died again because he could have never come forth. You see, he didn't put the stone there. They put the stone there. You see, I truly believe the only way that you're going to raise your dead like things in your life, the only way that you're going to be able to raise your Lazarus right now is if you remove the hurt, if you remove the stone that's hurting you right now and let your stink out just a little bit and allow God to move only like he can this morning. You see, I believe that we need to move the stone so God can work in our dead situations. You see, it's whenever we, whenever we remove the stones, that's whenever he can say, peace, come out. And your peace will come out just a little bit. That's whenever he'll say, joy, come out. And you'll start getting your joy back just a little bit more. That's whenever he'll say, you'll shout. And you'll be able to shout just a little bit more again. I believe that that's whenever he can speak to whatever you need to be moved in. And God will do what he said that he would do. What is it that you need this morning from God? Because that's the very thing that he can speak to and bring life into your dead situations this morning. Amen. Somebody give him a praise right now. Church, bow your heads and pray right now.
Yes, Lord, just bow your heads and God, we thank you right now. God, we praise you right now for your word, Lord, that come forth, Lord. God, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would just saturate us. God, draw us more now than ever, Lord. God, don't let us lean on our own understanding, but God, you move. God, saturate. God, you deal with each and every heart. If you would, you guys can come to the music. In verse number 44, he said, He who died come out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. You see, I, I truly believe this morning that we have a whole lot of people that's in the church that are alive, but they're not loose. I believe this morning, just like I believe this word that come forth is for somebody. I believe that God's challenging us. Listen, the call is personal. And I truly believe that, listen, he could have spoke and he could have been said, come forth and everything could have come up out of the ground. Jesus is coming around right now and he's, he's being personal with somebody that's in this place right now. And he's saying, you know what? I want you to roll away the stone and I want you to allow me to come in and I want you to move. You see, right now, whenever he called Lazarus, the Bible said that whenever he come out of the tomb that he was still bound with his hands, his feet, in his face you see it was a miracle that he even come to the entrance of the tomb but he still couldn't perform what God wanted him to do he was saved but he was still bound Lazarus was alive but he was still bound just like somebody that's in here this morning you may have come in here and said you know what I'm saved but I'm still bound by oppression I'm still bound by depression. I'm still bound by, by things that somebody had done to me that spoke over my life years ago. I'm still bound by all kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible told him, he said, Jesus told him, he said, go and lose him. You see, the devil wants to take it. He wants to, to take it and hide your face. He wants to keep you in the darkness. He wants to keep you suppressed down. He don't want you to experience the joy, the victory. He doesn't care if you come to church every day or every time the doors are open as long as you don't get what God has intended for you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Dwight, I'm still bound. I've still got some addictions that, I, that I'm, I'm dealing with. I, I've still got some bad habits. You see, it's time that you let them go. It's time that you loose those things because those are the things that are keeping you from going into the presence of God. You see, grave clothes shouldn't be on living men or women. You see, we need to be living, we need to be loosed, and we need to be let go this morning. And as I, Isaiah 56, verse number 6, it says, 
Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of the wicked, to undo the burdens, the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Isaiah 42 and 7 says, to open the blinded eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison. Psalm 68 and 6 says, bring out those that are bound with chains. The devil wants to keep you loose, or he wants to keep us bound this morning. He don't want you to use your hands and your feet. He wants to keep you in darkness. He wants to keep you defeated. He doesn't care if you're saved, but he wants to keep you defeated this morning. He don't want you to walk in full victory. In John 10, 10, the Bible said, The thief cometh only to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. If you would, let's stand across the building this morning. You may be here this morning. You may say, You know what? Dwight, I've walked in here and, and I, I stink on the inside. I, I don't. I, I, I want to worship God. I want to give Him everything I got, but I've got some things in my life that I just I I can't seem to get rid of. I, I put them in that closet and I rolled the stone in front of it because I don't want nobody to see the mess that I'm going through. I don't want nobody to see the stink that I have to face every day. I don't want to see anything that I have to deal with. But God says, you know what? If you'll roll back the stone just a little bit, He said, I'll deal with your situation this morning. You don't have to leave this morning in the same stink that you come into this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, what? I'm bound. I'm saved. But I'm bound up. I, I, I've, got, I've got all these things that are just binding me down. They're holding me down. I, I can't get on with my future because I can't let go of what's going on in my past. So I'm bound up. I can't get victory because I can't get over the past defeat. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hell that I've had to face. But God said, you know what? I want to loose you this morning. I want to set you free. I'm going to take. maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? He never showed up when I needed him the most. You know what? Everything's still going to be okay when he comes on the scene. He may not have showed up in your circumstance or your situation yet, but I'm going to tell you something. The Master's on the way this morning. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. He's walking across this altar. He's saying, you know what, I'm here. And He can speak life into your dead situation this morning. Because I'm going to tell you something. It just takes one word. It just takes one word from the Master. And everything's going to be okay this morning. Listen, it doesn't matter if He screams it or it doesn't matter if He whispers it. But all I know is one word can set you free.